Welcome back to the Pop, aka the Preston Outdoors podcast. In this week's episode, we have a special guest by the name of Chad Smith. I met Chad once or twice before, but it's the first time I've been able to actually sit down and talk with him. And uh, yeah, I really think you guys are going to like this conversation that we have. We kind of did a deep dive on who is Chad Smith, how he got into tournament fishing and stuff like that. And then Chad was also able to peel the curtain back for us and let us know, you know, maybe some of the struggles on trying to pursue a fishing career trying to become a professional fisherman on the tournament level side of things and kind of what he's been up to over the last few years and kind of the uh, change that he's been implementing here in 2023 so awesome guest i really appreciate chad coming on with us and i think it's going to be a great episode for you make sure you guys as always go ahead and follow our guest follow chad smith this week on all of his social medias and be sure to check out all the Preston Outdoors social medias, and we'll be able to keep you updated on the videos and all the podcasts that we have. And if there's somebody out there that you guys want to hear about, hear a little bit about their backstory or tips or tricks, anything when it comes to hunting and fishing, make sure you leave a comment on any of my social medias and let me know. I can definitely do episodes on that. And find if I'm not an expert in it or don't have much experience in any of those subjects, we can find somebody that is and be able to dive into it. So without further ado, Chad Smith, everybody. Welcome back to the Pop, a.k.a. the Preston Outdoors podcast. As we said in the intro, the man with me here today is Chad Smith. Chad, thanks for hopping on with me. Heck yeah, Ethan. I'm excited we got to make this happen. I know you and I have been playing phone tag basically a little bit over the past couple months. So it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you hitting me up about it. Yes, and like I said before in the intro, what I want to get Chad on here and talk to you about specifically is, and I want you to go in detail about this. I know we talked about it a little bit um, beforehand, but... You know, from afar, a guy that's from North Dakota, there's not many guys chasing this wild dream of, you know, maybe trying to fish the opens or become a professional fisherman. So naturally, I look across the across the river there and I, I follow a lot of the guys that are in Minnesota. You know, there's way more people trying to do that over there. And um, you had you had I want you you'll get into this a little bit on your timeline, I think. But from what for me from afar I was watching you with uh, fish with Josh Douglas on some of the FLW stuff, following you on Instagram and kind of watching you progress through and kind of going through some of the stuff um, to get to where you are today. So kind of tell the people who is Chad Smith, like bring us all the way from maybe the first time you caught a bluegill or something all the way up to where we are now and kind of. Like I said, I, I want to dive into maybe pull the curtain back a little bit. What it, how crazy it is, and how um, unique of a dream that you know you and I are pretty much both trying to trying to chase here. For sure, no, I mean it's crazy. Like, it seems when you get bit by the the bass fishing bug, it has its pull on you. It takes over, and it's it's <laughs> it's cool. Like, I I used to skateboard a bunch, and I relate fishing to skateboarding a lot. So, um, I it's just kind of like that constant pursuit of trying to, you know, have that glimpse of success or something. It's kind of like landing a new trick. You're constantly falling down doing that kind of thing. And, you know, you have a good tournament, you catch a big bass, you do whatever. It's that same kind of gratification you get from it. But, um, yeah, taking it way back, you know, I've been fishing as long as I can really remember. Um, my dad and grandpa kind of got me all into it. Uh, they were big outdoorsmen, hunting, fishing kind of runs in the bloodline, I guess you could say in that way. But, um, you know, it was, it was weird. I, when I like first got fishing and I first started catching fish, you know, honestly probably started catching like rock bass or something up at my cabin with my dad and grandpa, but I, uh, caught my first bass and I, 
I just loved it. Like jumping around, it was just crazy. Like to me, it just like hooked me right away. And mm-hmm. um, no pun intended, I guess. But yeah, it, it uh <laughs> but just from there I, I developed this weird obsession for like only wanting to bass fish. Like I never like it'd be fun, you know, when I was younger, I'd go fishing for, you know, we'd go for walleye or something like that, or you know, I'd go for northern pike, whatever you want to call them stuff like that but i always wanted to go bass fishing it was so weird and um you know you kind of fast forward a little bit kind of really liked it all through that time frame i I took a little bit of a hiatus from fishing when i was growing up because i got really into skateboarding back to that but uh it you know i really kind of found that passion again or i always was fishing throughout that time period but in that like middle school high school range i really really got back into it and i started to kind of realize like the tournament or competitive side of things and um back in that time frame my sister knew a few guys around the area that i'm living in now but i got tied in with like kind of a like i didn't really realize it at the time but it's really where it all started and i don't know how much of this i've really shared in the past with a lot of people but it's kind of like I got tied in with like a really cool core group of guys. I was, you know, just had my driver's license or even like a couple years younger than that. And these guys were taking me out fishing and come to learn as I grew up with them more. They were like these stout juggernaut of fishermen around Lake Minnetonka that were like just killing it. And so that was really cool. And like the guys I grew up with, uh, one of their names, one of their names is his name's Dusty Mann or Mann. And he was really tight with like Seth Fighter, Seth Fighter, excuse me, John Figgy, and um, kind of just that squad. And so I got to like mutually get to know and be like Dusty's little young guy, hanging out with him all the time, seeing Fighter back in the day, like all this stuff, Josh Douglas, like everyone like that. And so, um, I was working at Gander Mountain in high school a lot when I you know, and, and kind of learning the ins and outs of like maybe some of the business aspects of things and, and just having fun, you know, talking shop in the fishing department. But, uh, I got a call then from a guy, Kyle Wood, who I worked with at Gander Mountain. He was in college. I was in high school and now, and then he went on to become one of the head journalists for FLW at the time. And now he's working for Rapala, but he was doing a bunch of stuff and he but he at the time called me and he's like hey john figgy's looking for a co-angler link at uh for a bassmaster open on the james river and from there and so he's like i don't know if you'd be interested but i thought of like you know asking you hit a guy that was going to do it and he bailed kind of last minute or something happened and so i'm like yeah and he's like i'll text or like i'll figgy call you and like whatever so i i'm like driving home from my buddy's house and Eden Prairie, Minnesota, like I just remember we were we were out fishing that night. It was like a Sunday night or something. And it was my last week of school, Monday to like Thursday. Friday was my high school graduation. So Figgy calls me. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Long story short, kind of talked it through. And I'm like, hang on. Like I graduate high school on Friday. And he's like, oh. And so he's like, I okay. Like I get it, man. Like all good. I'm like, hang on, wait. I'm going to call my dad and like try to oh. like – I want to, I want to like battle this out and see what, like, what the heck I don't even know. Right. So call my dad and he's like, you don't have to walk at graduation. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, you don't have to go walk at graduation. It's not like you aren't going to graduate. And I'm like, okay. 
well, I didn't know that. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, and he's like, I think you should do it. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, okay. So, um, and, and like, I don't know, my parents have been super supportive in the sense of like, you know, encouraging me to do what makes me happy and whatnot. But, um, so I'm very blessed in that sense, but it's like, so I call Figgy. I'm like, dude, I think I'm down. And I'm like, when are we leaving? He's like Tuesday. I'm like, it's Sunday night. So like, you know, he's like Tuesday morning at like 4am, we're going to leave 5am, something like that drive down to the James River. So I'm like going to school the next day. I have to like go to my counselor. I'm like skipping class and stuff just to like go talk to everybody and try to get this like dialed. So I just can, you know, coordinate not walking at graduation. I'm sitting there talking to my counselor. Ironically enough, she knew John Figgy. It came about. And so she's like, Oh my gosh. Like, or she's like, I know a pro fisherman guy kind of around here or whatever. And uh, his name's John Figgy. I'm like, that's who I'm going with. She's like, no way, go have fun. Like, it was like the perfect storm, right? So oh I couldn't even believe it. And, you know, from there, uh, I fished with Figgy for just that one tournament. I went to Winona State for college um, last to the year there. Yeah. And I, I initially was going to try to do, like, the college fishing route and stuff like that. I was actually a pre-med student, chemistry major at the time. And a lot of my science classes or chem classes in particular, my professor told me I like would try to coordinate, you know, going to these college like qualifier events or whatever they were. And my professor told me that I needed to get my priorities straight. Cause I was trying to make up labs and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I dropped out of school the next day. <laughs> I just <laughs> dropped out, <laughs> called my dad basically in tears, you know, both my parents or whatever. Yeah. And just kind of like, you know, I'm not happy right now. This is what I want to do. And um you know they encouraged me they're like you know if you don't do it you're gonna you know you might regret it later on and um kind of just hasn't haven't really looked back since and fished with figgy the following year in 2015 i think yeah and he ended up not finishing all the opens and so i kind of got laid over with josh because they were kind of around the same circle fishing the opens at the time and stuff like that so i kind of got um I don't want to say pond off to Josh, but I'm pond <laughs> off to Josh. <laughs> and uh, really, the rest is just kind of history. You know, Josh has been a great mentor for me in in every aspect of the fishing game. Uh, we've been able to learn a lot together, and he's taught me. I mean, I can't even begin to think how I could ever repay him for what he's done for me. So, um, yeah, fish as a as a co angler until 2018 with Josh in the Opens, and that year in the FLW Tour, and then had the opportunity just through relationships and stuff like that, that I've built uh, through some co-angler success and just kind of being in the, in the game, I guess you could say, uh, had the opportunity to start fishing as a boater and have my crack at trying to make the elites myself. And so here we are now and taking a hard reset year, but uh, plans to get back to it and keep trying until we get there, I guess. So that sorry is... for that rant. Oh, that was no, <laughs> no, this is, this is what I want because this is exactly what, you know, I'm curious about personally. And I think it's awesome because every person in this, I mean, you hear it all the time, obviously any sports you do at the collegiate level, you know, NCAA big time, there's, you do well in high school, you do well in college, you get drafted, blah, 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 blah. And you know this as well as I do for any of the listeners out there. Fishing is not that way. You have no textbook. And if you don't have connections for anybody that's even fishing, fishing uh, well or are really into it at the local level, regional level, national level, whatever, like it's it's a world of like you have no idea what's going on. 
You know what I mean? For sure. So for your story and getting you there, and I'm gonna I want to go back and we're gonna break it down because I got some questions yep. for you about it because this is for this sure. is what intrigues me because to where you are right now, Chad Smith in 2023, there is a reason why you're there, and it's because of some of the stuff that's happened in your past to get you to here now. And I think sure. I think those stories, those nuggets, are the awesome part about getting it because, like I said, every person is completely different. So I had. I had originally heard through the rumor mill that you did not walk for high school graduation. And that was one of my questions for you, if that was true or if that's just, you know, doc talk or anything like that, but it is true. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did not go to my graduation. I was never someone who, I mean, dude, I'd never been to prom. I've never gone to a high school dance in my life. I don't think. And any school dance or anything like I was always fishing or just I never really cared. I just, it, you know, I, I missed a lot of weird one-off things, but it's not like I feel like I missed out on too much either. I, I mean, it was just kind of like, it was a choice, so. Yeah, no, exactly. If it was up to me, I didn't go to, what was it, my senior year, I went to prom because my girlfriend, now wife at the time, really wanted to go. Or no, my junior year, I went because she wanted to go. Senior year, I didn't care to go. I was like, this is, it was dumb anyway. Then I, I'm a year older than she is. So I went to college. I was a freshman in college. It's her senior in high school. And I was like, I really don't want to go. She goes, you are taking me or I'll find somebody else to take me. I'm like, okay, we're going. You know what I mean? Those kind Fair of enough. Yeah. But no, dan- and totally. d- dances or anything like that, you and me are on the same page. It wasn't, was never, <laughs> was never my thing um, as well. So when you're talking about the like competition and growing up with those guys in, in high school, like before your um senior high school when you missed walking for graduation like had you fished any tournaments prior to that or is that kind of your first one yeah um really I, you know i've got kind of i've never been some like i don't have the story of like some guys who you know they've been killing it at the local level or anything like that and, um i never really fished all that many tournaments there's a few like one-off club tournaments where we've got a circuit or trail, whatever you want to call it, called the Denny's on Lake mm-hmm. Minnetonka. And that's kind of like for this area in the past, it's been one of the like most profounder type yeah. uh, like trails, I guess. And it's, it's he, Denny who runs it. He, uh, I mean, he has like two versions of it. One's just the Minnetonka Denny's Super 30. And then there's like a Minnesota Super 30 that went around to a few lakes a little bit. It's kind of almost like the substitute. I mean, I, I honestly don't even know if he's still doing that or not, but uh, it's kind of like what the team trail is now or so, for, for instance. But, you know, that was like kind of the top tier class of tournaments in the area for us in Minnesota, I guess. And, you know, I, I'd fish like there's a Minnetonka Classic. There's a few more big one-off events around this area that now and then. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, aside from hop in, maybe like, a couple or a few, maybe a handful of just kind of smaller club tournaments or a few one-offs of those growing up, that is really it. And so like for me to make the transition from doing that to then going and seeing a Bassmaster open for the first time was like, holy moly, (laughs) this is so crazy. And like back then it was, I mean, it was only like 150 boats or something like that. And now it's like 225 in the opens. Like, to see the progression and the change of how that's gone too is just pretty wild. But um, it was just like 
it was like a jaw dropping, like starstruck moment for me to be there in that. And like, I was seeing people who, you know, like it was back, I, I, I don't know, I guess it would have been like 2012 or something. Like I, I remember watching like Brandon Polnick get like second place in the Bassmaster Classic and, and things like that. And then I'm there and I see Mike Iaconelli, I see Polnick, I see all these guys. And I'm sitting in the truck with Seth and Figgy, like waiting to register. These guys are out in the parking lot rigging in their boats. I'm like, just like, no way. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, guys, is it weird if I go get like a picture with them and stuff? And like, like, go do it, bud. You know, like kind of stuff. And I like, <laughs> I run up to their boats and like, I'm waiting in the line with all the other people. And I'm like grabbing photos with these guys. And like, they're talking to me. I'm just like, this is the coolest thing ever for me. Yeah. And it's just crazy to look back on that and remember those moments to now like, like I've gotten to know some of those guys pretty well too throughout the past few years now and it's it's just so crazy like i just it, it's it's just wild so, i'm just yeah. grateful for it i guess it's crazy. oh no 100 because i can imagine being a you know an 18 year old kid and you watch these guys for how long and all of a sudden i mean you're you're going to an open you really don't know what to expect and all of a sudden you're like oh these guys are here you know what i mean it's this isn't an elite series or bassmaster yeah. classic but it's like yeah you didn't expect to see those guys' names and faces you recognize and been watching for how many years? Yeah, like, I mean, I remember being my, like a mile away and just seeing like a green boat with white power poles. I'm like, oh, there's Timmy Horton. And Figgy's like, how do you even know? And he drives <laughs> by and he's like, gosh dang it, you're right. And like stuff like that. And he's like, what the heck? You know, I'm just like, eagle eye and looking everywhere at these people just like oh my gosh that's so and so or like whatever and he's like <laughs> what and you're like well you didn't know that I mean, come really... on yeah yeah it was just so funny oh because that's just so wow. just it was awesome your your aha moment that you had in what did you say was like 2016 or something like that is that when you graduated high school or uh, 2013 graduated 20... high school and uh, yeah so 2013, your aha moment is like, say, the James River, your first open, that kind of thing. Mine was, oh, probably 20 fishing, fishing or seeing these guys was 2018 when the elites came to um, the Mississippi River, I believe it was out of lacrosse. And I had an opportunity through yeah. a guy that I had fished against at the club level here. He knew the um, Jeremiah. Shaver, Shaver, however you say his name, out of Wisconsin. Shaver, yep. Shaver. Yep. So I got messaged him on Facebook. Hey, dude, like I'm going to drive down, and is there anything I can do for free? Like, just want to volunteer. Yeah. Never had an elite series that yeah. close before. I mean, shoot, lacrosse is actually closer to me than Oahe is down in South Dakota. So I oh, was wow, like, okay. I was like, I'm going to, obviously, this is before they were down in South Dakota, but I went over there and just got to see these guys. And I was literally just grabbing their fish off stage and running it to the tank. You know, I was one of those guys. Or I yeah. helped Gene Gilliland when they had slots timed up. And Thursday, Friday, they needed people. Saturday was booked. Sunday was booked. I went there for four days, paid for a hotel room. And literally, I went to, like, I did my job. And then on Saturday and Sunday, there's nothing for me to do. So I walked there. I got there at like 10 o'clock. I was like, is there anything I can help you guys with? Like the bass yeah. crew are like, uh, who is this weirdo kid like trying to ask for help? And I was just like, I I'm here for four days and I've got nothing to do. Yeah. And yeah. And I actually helped Gene Gillen. We went and pulled weeds off of guys' boats when they came out. Like that was my job, Sick. pulling weeds. And it was like that aha moment, yeah. exactly like what you were talking about. 
and then 2019 yeah. or something like that. One of those years, the opens came there and I jumped in as a co-angler and, and did yeah. that whole, whole thing and got to see those guys. I'm like, Oh, why would elite series guys be here? Why would these top level pros? But I mean, now, you know, they hop into all these other opens the same moment you had how many years before I had down the road. And I was just yeah. like, Oh, this is, and at that time it was still a hundred like 180 boats, 180 pros. And, yeah. You know, yeah. nothing like it is now. It's, and I was just, I had the, I can relate identical to what you were saying at that age to when totally. I was a little bit older, but it was just like, Oh, and I fished it and I came home and I told my wife, and this is for me, the same thing probably with you. And I want to hear your, your side of the story is on this. I'm setting it up for you. I came home from that tournament and I had always thought I wanted to be a pro, you know what I mean? Or try it or whatever. I came home from 2019 for fish my first open. I told my wife, married at the time wasn't it? yeah i was married i said this is what i want to do i was like this is yeah. where i need to be and she goes how do you know and i said i can't explain it but the feeling yeah. i felt and you know whatever i was like this is this is where i need to be so coming back from the james yeah. was that kind of your obviously aha moment to see these guys but is that kind of your like yes this is meant to be or this is where i need to be kind of thing yeah, dude, totally. And hats off to you for like putting yourself out there at that lacrosse event and oh, stuff, was... dude. Just going and being like, let me put me in, put me in. Cause like that's <laughs> the kind of stuff it takes, dude. Like mm -hmm. to just put yourself in a position, you know? And like, I, like, I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. So oh, yeah. I condone that a lot. But I, um, yeah, dude, when I, when I got back from the James River, I, it was like, I, I mean, I sucked in that tournament. I had, I had like kind of a crazy day. I won't get too into it because it's kind of like a long story to tell and I get long winded, but. Oh, well, we've mean, got time. Got, we've like, got time. Yeah. I mean, day one guy ran out of gas and stuff oh. and, and we were, we went like way down river down to like the Chickahominy river. It's like a 70 mile run or something like that. Came back and on the way back, we were kind of bouncing around. He ran out of gas. And so we, I mean, we got like towed in, we did like, towboat usa it's like well passed away in like dude we're going in there's like this lightning storm it's blowing like 40 like dude i was literally watching like lightning strike a bridge in front of us like it was like gnarly and we get back in i mean we're both dq'd we're i mean we're hours late you know there's no hope and so but i i got back and and so he went to like i, I don't know it was kind of, again long story side of it but um we went to the Yamaha service trailer. He had a Yamaha mm -hmm. at the time, but, um, and Paul and Nick was there. And so I remember like, I took a picture with Paul and Nick at the registration the day before, like all this. And he's like, Hey dude, how's it going? And it's like, starts raining and stuff. And he's like, come sit in my truck and chill with me for a little bit. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just, but, but so like, regardless of the finish, I like got home and I was just, like on cloud nine still it was just like pure pure dopamine feeling you know of just excitement and and on honestly it was like the competitor in me that really really didn't like that i didn't do well mm -hmm. so i'm like okay i have a lot to learn it was like you don't know what you don't know until you know and exactly and uh but i uh i was like i have so much to learn and it like lit that fire under me that I was like, okay, how can I do this again? So I'm like texting Figgy or, you know, whatever. I like go out, like the Minnetonka classic was like the next day I'm out fishing and, or like two days later or whatever. 
And like I'm out on Tonka, I roll in to go watch Wayne. I'm just out fun fishing. I'm out in the tournament. Seth and Figgy are like weighing in. I walk up and just get, you know, get to be like, yo, what's up, guys? And like to those guys. And I'm just like feeling sick. And but so like I got, you know, I kept in touch with uh both of them at the time, but I was like, you know, can I do that again with you guys? And um it was just and they're like, Yeah, absolutely. Like they didn't have anyone to really travel with. And so um really it just kind of went like we kept in touch and so when i went to college that first year it was like it seemed like every other month like especially in like that march april time when it's just like you are so over winter you just want to go out fishing you want to do whatever and you're like okay like figgy would be texting me like hey man or like or it was like that fall it was like the fall of 2013 i don't know whatever it was but it was like oh you want to go to champlain you want to go to chickamauga or whatever it all was and i'm like yeah 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 but i can't i can't i can't and it oh, drove no me, like right to this breaking point then of like after like saying no and then going through not really fishing any college fishing events my boat blew up that i had the bass boat i had at the time oh. it was like my first bass boat i blew the motor on the mississippi river so i was just like in this rut of just like depression basically that yeah. i just couldn't stand it and I was just like breaking down. I go back to school the next fall or yeah, the next fall for my sophomore year. And I'm like in orientation week still basically. And I was just like, I, my, I'm, my heart's not here. It's not yeah. like, I love, I love Winona. I love the town. I ended up living there for like four years after that, five years. I don't even know what it was. And, but like school was not my focus. I just couldn't even do it. So it it just it tore me to shreds to a like breaking point and then it but it was like really invigorating once I made the decision. It was like I, I think I made the right call. It was like a weight lift. And yeah. it wasn't just like the you know, the class load and stuff like that, like all that. Like I knew what I was kind of getting into there, but it was like that that like heartwarming, just right choice for me at that time, I think. Hundred percent. I don't know. It was weird. It's it's funny. We're doing parallels here. Because our timeline yeah. is different, but I I went to Valley yeah. State here, played college football for four years, and I had I redshirted my first year, and I had the ability to come back for my you know your four yeah. and a half season, and I came yeah. off the best best season I've ever had. We we had uh, one guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer there who's playing next to me. At, uh, I was playing kind of outside inside linebacker. He was playing in the middle. We both, in the first time in like yeah. 40 some years, two defensive players, Valley City State, each had over 100 tackles. Like I was dialed in, whatever. And then I uh, told the coach, I said, Yeah, I'm not coming back. I'm going to graduate. And they went, What? And they tried to talk me into it, blah, blah, blah. I said, No, I'm going to graduate four and I'm going to, I'm going to go fish tournaments. And they were just yeah. like, What? And I was like, Yeah, I think this is what I'm going to do. And I didn't yeah. have a bass boat. I had, I was, I fished some out of my dad's 18 foot like Lund with a tiller or I had a buddy that had a walleye yeah. boat and we fished like bass, local club bass tournaments like that. And I was going to, I was the only defensive starter that didn't come back. We would have had all 11 returning and we had, had a squad. Yeah. And I was like the same, the same thing that you're saying where you felt that peace and it was like conflicted. I was like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm out. You know, you're just yeah. like questioning yeah. it, like same yeah. thing, getting an orientation. You're just like, I don't think I'm going to be here anymore, you know? Yeah. 
and and from the outside on your your view it's like oh you know go to college do your pre-med stuff whatever and and then you're like no and it flips the script on everything that everybody says maybe the expectation should be for you mine are come back take some bs art class and not even have to go to school i'll just take it online i'll just sit in my apartment all day and then go to practice and come back and finish out with these with my you know my boys kind of thing and it's like yeah no I'm flipping it. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yep. And yep. So it's, it's, yeah. It's the same thing dude. you went through, except like I said, our time. Sure. Are a bit. Totally, dude. It's, it's crazy. And it's invigorating once you kind of like come to that realization. I think you like, once you can accept it, you know, like mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, you become pretty like, I think strong mentally and just like and are you, able to kind of tackle it. And you have to be at some point, to get high on that and stay and you know you do once you figure out that's the right thing because what happens is is you get a backlash from you know obviously you got your support group but you get a backlash from a lot of people and then now you're like okay what am i going to do next to get me to to the next what's the next step to get to the level that we want to want to be at and so you've got to you've got to be high on that a little bit and be very very confident in your decision because there's a lot of things coming your way once that once you do hop off the train there Totally. And I guess on that point, like I, I remember when I first linked up with Josh, so I was actually kind of getting traded back and forth with Figgy. So it was like, <laughs> we went to, yeah, it was funny. So like in 2016, yeah, yeah. Like 2016, Figgy and I, ironically enough, first tournament we fished, we, were, we entered the Northerns and the Central Opens. They had Northern, Central and Southern at that time. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess they kind of still do now, but it like then switched to Eastern, Central, whatever. Yeah. Um, they so Figgy and I did the Northerns and Centrals together. Both had to go back to the James River to kick things <sighs> off, and we're both like we both kind of had a rough one. It was just like, okay, let's get it this <laughs> time, right? Both sucked again, and we were like, okay, screw the James River, I guess, <laughs> and just like whatever. And so we uh, Figgy ended up because he was in it points wise. He was trying to qualify for the elites, and mm-hmm. it just like you know rationally thinking through it or whatever however you want to say it he he opted out of fishing in the northerns the rest of them and so i that's when i got tied in with josh but then i was still fishing the centrals with figgy so but and i remember talking to josh a lot because josh and i had a stretch where we were together for like a month and a half or something like that and i mean he just picked me up from my mom's apartment i I lived just down the road from him he just picked me up and i'd just be with him the whole time for however (laughs) till he comes back yeah that's awesome and so it was awesome but so and we got to know each other pretty quickly throughout all that and i just remember talking to him after you know like and i I was just sitting there like dude did i make the wrong call because i was first tournament whatever right but this first one and then like the next one like i just didn't i wasn't getting paid i wasn't doing anything i was just spending this money i didn't i had no money at the time really and still don't, but nonetheless, Amen, brother. Um, <laughs> it, it like, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, just getting my like, just head kicked in felt like, and, uh, Figgy and I left Fort Gibson Lake or we, we fished that one together. We were all traveling together and then I had to go to Lake Erie with Josh. So this would have been my sixth or sixth best master open. I fished at the time okay. and never cashed a check. And we had aligned it because I had no more money. I was on the road with like, for like a month already or something at the time. I had no more money. If I didn't cash a check at Lake Erie, 
that I had to go home with another guy from Minnesota. I, I was just going to hop in his truck with my stuff and just drive back to Minnesota with him and not fish the last event on Table Rock Lake. Okay. And we go to Lake Erie and I finished like 31st, got a check for like $427 and 25 cents or some crap. But I'm like, this gives me enough to finish <laughs> what I started. Yeah. So we went and like, they're all, I mean, everyone, you know, Josh and Figgy and like, they're all super awesome to me. I was just like this young kid trying to like make it happen. You know, I try to throw them a $20 bill every fill up or something like that. Like it was just, you know, whatever. They worked with me awesome. And so I was like, okay, go to Table Rock. I, I like had a little bit of confidence, but I finished better than I had been. I didn't get a check though, but I was just kind of like, oh, it was like really kind of close. I was like bubble boy. Yeah. But spent that whole check there and i just was like okay here we go let's go home bring me <laughs> home <piggy. laughs> like, like bring me home please and it, it was just i don't know so i went home and i'm just like okay now what like i have zero money i don't know what to do so i'm like okay like got a job when i got back like like I was kind of like working periodically, but like I, I got a job. I, I worked so many jobs just like for three months or something, the off season. I then yeah. got back on the road to fish the opens. I just get a job and quit it. And just like every time I was in town for a long stretch, I'd go like act like I was going to run the joint one day and I'd just get like some job working in the <laughs> warehouse at Target or like whatever it would be and would just quit and go hit the road. And yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's so weird. It's just like how I had to do things at the time. And uh, I, I entered like just the Northern Opens of Josh the next year because Figgy didn't do them. And I got my first check, missed at the gosh dang James River again. <laughs> and then I got my first top 10 at Lake Champlain. Okay. And then I went on kind of a roll from there. Yeah. And it kind of started out, but it was just. It was it was it was a real real roller coaster for a while. Yeah, you're probably thinking, um, man, what the heck did I do? I should have. Like, I should not have dropped out of school. All my friends are two years ahead of me now. Like I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna be able. To, you know, how can I how can I swallow that pill? And yep. it was like egotistically just letting that get in my way, and I was like, it was bad. Yeah, exactly. So you get home after what was it? You went on a little bit of a heater there. And so then what's, what's the next step for you? Did you fish as a co-winger for the next couple of years still after that and then made the jump or what's your timeline look like after that, after you went on a little bit of a run? Yeah. So after, so that year after that, I kind of opted to fish one division, the Northerns with Josh and I got a check at Lake Oneida, missed at the James and then got, uh, I got fourth place at Lake Champlain and so that was like my first top 10 or top 12, whatever, mm -hmm. day three. And yeah. um, so I was like, okay. From that point then, like I I think I won like 2,500 bucks or something. And I kind of like from calculating it out, that's about how much it cost me to fish a division. Yep. Um, you know, all all in all, give or take. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allocate this towards one division. I'm going to pay for another division again so I can do two divisions again the following year in 2017. <clears throat> then I went, it was like on the Harris chain, I think. The first one I got, um, 
I think I finished like sixth place or something. Okay. And so I was like, okay. Like things are like rolling. I don't know what it was. Then we had like Lake Chickamauga and I finished like 43rd or something like that. I just missed a check. I was like, oh. And then we went to, then the Northerns kicked in and it yeah. was like Lake Oneida again. I, f- I finished ninth josh got ninth it was kind of cool we both finished ninth like you always kind of like you know like oh we should both win you know yeah 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 like go both get the same place (laughs) on each each side of things and then went to the james river and i got second i lost by three ounces so i was like oh i got you back james got you back a little bit you know but (laughs) or a lot or a lot got yeah, her back a lot. Yeah, I was like, oh, I really wanted to win that one. I thought I was it was so close. And then um and then I went to uh gosh dang, what was the other one? Oh, it was Douglas Lake, and I finished like fifth. Jeez, so that is a heater. Co-ang- so I won Co-Angler of the Year in the Northerns. Okay. And then uh we went to it was a Southern Open. Oh, I forget where it was. But I think I missed a check at that one, too. Just like, I think I finished like 60th or something like that. And paying to top 40. I know you know that, but. Yeah, um, some listeners don't. Yeah. And so, so I was like, okay. And then, so then the next year I was like, so that put me at like five or something out of seven top tens and consecutive events yeah and and the next year we went to the Kissimmee chain i think i finished like sixth again in florida or something whatever it was and then we went and i was fishing the flw tour that year so then we went down to like okeechobee i, I like just missed a check there and then went back i don't know we had like another one the harris chain again we had like three tournaments in florida it's kind of a cool little swing and i I got my first flw tour check at the harris chain and then like went to i don't know we had like a went to smith lake for the flw tour i got a check there and then we went to i don't know i think it was i think then lake norman and then i won that event and so that was cool and like it was just really crazy because that was like like seven out of nine top tens in consecutive opens. And then then I went straight to Kentucky Lake. Like Josh left, like because we had Kentucky Lake for the FLW tour shortly after that. Went there or he went there. So I'm like, I wake up at the campsite, out crawl out of my truck, drive, and I remember just driving to the boat ramp day three at Lake Norman just by myself no one else around nothing and i looked at my passenger seat and said i'm bringing that dang trophy to kentucky lake and i went out there and won it that day it was just the weirdest it was so weird like i i literally said it out loud by myself in the pitch black driving to the boat ramp at like 5 30 in the morning or whatever it was manifest man dude totally like it was (laughs) was so cool so that happened then i drove straight through the night to kentucky lake I like slept in. I did like a recap video with Bree, um, Josh's wife, Bree. And um, Josh was out on the water for the first day of practice. So I had like one and a half days that I hopped in then with Josh to go 
practice on Kentucky Lake and um I finished fourth at Kentucky Lake and then we had like a couple weeks off we went to Champlain or uh sorry Lake St. Clair okay and I finished fifth there and then I won fourth in the AOI for the FLW tour I got invited to fish the FLW tour as a pro the next year and then had like I think one more tournament or something on Douglas Lake and finished seventh and I don't... so like it was like I don't know what happened but it was like absurd and I don't not to cut you off but I don't think people listening are getting the same effect and facial reactions that I am listening to this. People don't know how hard that is, Chad. They don't know how hard that was. It was. Like, like they don't, I mean, yes, the co-angler side, they are less numbers than the boater side. But again, for people that don't know, you were fishing out of the back of somebody else's boat and you are not, I mean, you're not competing against them, but the the toughness of trying to fish for somebody else's fish behind them while being respectful and knowing you have that much money on the line, which is, yes, it's less than the boater side, but come on, dude, like that, that run that you just explained, I, it's all top 10, this top 10, that, Oh, I missed the check barely. Oh, I get a top 30. There's another check. And you're just probably going, what the heck is happening? Like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody listening, unless they are truly into the fishing side of things would understand like people say batting averages or on base averages, whatever. I don't know a baseball guy, so I don't know the yeah. numbers real well, but they say, somebody told me one time, if you fail 70% of the time in baseball, you'll make the hall of fame. So if you have a 30% success rate, it is, I don't know what the numbers are way less in fishing to make the hall of fame or make even a great career for yourself. Money wise, yeah. not even with the partnerships and everything like that, but just from tournament earnings, what you just explained that's a heck of a run, dude. <laughs> Thanks, dude. It, like, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was just like, I don't know. I just like was feeling it. It was weird. I just felt like my confidence was at like an all-time high with it. I just felt like, it, I don't know. Things just worked. It just, it's so weird. And if anybody has fished, this is the way I explain it to people. They're like, how do you tell if you're in a groove? I said, this is how I explain it to people. If you're a tournament angler or not, or you're fun fishing, if you go and you go, I'm going to, if you cast and before you let go and you know, you're going to get a bite or you're fishing next to your buddy, or this has happened years in the past fishing next to my dad, when we used to go out and fish for walleyes, when they'd run up the river, we'd be fishing next to him and I'd be, you know, catching six to one, five to one. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm throwing right here. I'd switch spots with him, throw there where I stood, I'd catch one. And I just said, it's, that's how I explained to a groove where you, or you go in any pattern fishing, you go anything, like I said, tournament, fun fishing, whatever. I go yeah. to stretch a dock and I'm like, I think there's a fish there. Bing, go run yep. two miles away. I think there's a fish there. Yeah. Bing, and you just catch them. That's how I explain to people for the mindset that you're on when you say, I really can't explain it, but I was yeah. feeling confident and feeling it. And those are the runs that you hear all the legit pros say anywhere even the local guys that dominate the regional guys that dominate, there's always those stretches in each pros or whatever guys that fishes tournaments or competitively, they always have that stretch, but they said, I couldn't do anything wrong. And then they always say when they get in a rut, I'm working to get back there. You know, they know what that feeling is and stuff like that. So you had that, that feeling of, of like nothing could go wrong. For sure. It like almost was just like a sixth sense or something. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, because, 
you get in that groove. It, it's so weird. And it can be just as easily, you know, reciprocated on the other end too, mm-hmm. where it's hard, like you said, hard to get out of the rut or get out of the rut. Yeah. And it's, it's just one of those things. And I think that's, that's part of the, you know, I think that's part of the reason we chase it. Yeah. You, you end up, you like if if you experience it once you there's nothing you want more than to feel that again exactly whether it's you know just it it can be as simple as just catching a big one or having a good tournament or go on you know a streak of something or what you what however you want to say it but it's that that's the feeling we're chasing the whole time like that's it or you, you go out and, you know, I think if anybody now in the tournament realm, you go out and you catch your limit of crappies or something like that's And that's your pinnacle. That was your funnest day of fishing. That's what you have on your pedestal. And that's what oh. you're chasing. It's the same thing in the tournament world. Yep, exactly. So you get exactly. an invite to fish on the FLW tour as a boater. What happens? What happens after that? Yeah, so um, I... So, that was a really weird one. Sorry, you go. No, no, I was just like, how does how does that work? Like, explain to everybody. We always hear on these other podcasts, okay. or if nobody listens to the other fishing podcasts, uh, same thing with the opens to go to the elites. Um, but as a boater side, you get the invite to go to the elites. Now we're saying from a co-angler, FLW is no longer around. It was bought and absorbed by yep. Major League Fishing or MLF. They used yep. to have the co-angler, so you get an invite. So, So how does that work? is is like you get an yeah. invite to go up or like are you having to scramble to try and get partners to line up for this like kind of go into that a little bit and then see and then tell us about what like yeah what did happen totally yeah um so yeah back i guess if you want to dictate it this way like flw tour was like the equivalent of the elite series mm-hmm. on the other you know, as flw's organization goes yep. and so but FLW had co-anglers for the longest time. Yes. And 2018, the year I did it as a co-angler, they was, it was their last year they were doing co-anglers. Okay. So, but as a co-angler, finishing in the top 10 in points in the AOI race, you were eligible to enter as a pro outside of any other qualifications in the FLW tour. Okay. So I got the invite for finishing fourth. And then, so from there, I like, it went from fishing co-angler entry fees (laughs) to, okay, I got to come up with five grand, a tournament for seven events aka for, 35 grand just yeah. to fish just for entry fees not yeah. for everything yeah. else that goes into it and so which reciprocating so i mean it's it's a fraction of that fishing as a co-angler so 100 percent. you know so it, it's um that became like okay whoa and and i had like a month and a half or something like that to try to figure out my decision and i had to come up with like a 10 grand deposit Oh my gosh. And I mean, you know, thankfully I had a good year, but also justifying it in the position I was in, I didn't have a boat really. I had like a 90 
or a, an 05 19 foot ranger i was running at the time back home okay that i had bought and um kind of like this is the weird part of how like it's that other almost like invigorating experience of of like that next switch to things so i had a guy um i'll leave names out of it and oh, stuff yeah. like that but it's, uh, i had a guy who reached out and he he like i don't know i'm forever grateful to him because he gave me an opportunity of a lifetime so it was kind of like he basically offered to get me into a boat mm-hmm. to allow me to fish as a pro yep or boater whatever you want to call it yeah and um from there but it was his boat i was able to use it for the opens or the flw tour we went through a back and forth conversation of like trying to figure out what route i was going to go what's best for me what's you know how's this going to all pan out and ultimately for me as bad as i wanted to like as bad as my ego wanted to go like oh yeah let's go fish the flw tour i was like i don't know 100 percent if i'm ready enough also to put that kind of money on the line let alone in that amount of time frame to try to round that up like sponsorship wise or whatever it was and like just like contracts never come together as soon as you want them no. to or like things like that like it's always just like there's too much unknown for me to make that jump yet for me mostly financially and yeah. confidence wise like fishing ability because like I had fished as a co-angler, like we talked about, hadn't had a whole lot of like local success being the boater or whatever. Yep. Like this, it was a really big transition for me. And um, so I guess kind of long story short, we ended up or I ended up choosing to fish the opens. Uh at mm-hmm. that time they switched to the eastern and central division. Okay. So there's just two divisions, eight tournaments instead of nine, four in each. And um I, I went that route and I entered all the opens. Okay. In 2019, and so I had this boat. Um, I had that. Started the year off really well. I went down to Florida on the Harris Chain. First tournament as a boater in the opens. Finished like, I think 31st. Oh heck and yeah! And went straight to Toledo Bend for the first Central Open, and I finished 12th. And so I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, hang on. Like, the next on, year, it's Hold still on. going. You know? I'm like, here we go. I'm like, I'm like, I'm smelling blood right now, and it kind of smells good. There's exactly, exactly. It was cool, and then, so like that, was, like that, I couldn't have really asked to like start it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but from there, you know, I, I ended up. I don't know where else we went, just for the sake of time of trying to think it all through. Yeah, too yeah, hard, but. I, I missed a few checks a little bit. I had a couple bad finishes. Um, and I didn't I don't know if I got a check the whole rest of the year, but I, I was I was bubble boy a couple times just outside the money, things like that. But uh kind of just, you know, I was like, okay, let's regroup, do it again next year. Um then COVID hit. Yeah. And so I ended up just fishing the eastern division and doing some tournaments around Minnesota that were still happening. And then just kind of went to fish. I think I did the Southerns and Centrals the next year. Okay. They went back to three divisions. And then last year was my first year fishing all nine. Yeah. Uh, Actually following through with all the opens. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, cause I think that first year I, I didn't even go to the last two or something like that. Yep. Something, I don't know. Something got weird, but nonetheless, so last year was the first year. And now I, after all of that, um, you know, I was fortunate to have some money saved from, from that co-angler season or whatever. Um, and I've kind of just, I mean, just being totally honestly transparent. I've burned through a lot of my savings. I've, um, I've racked up some credit card debt. Yeah. And I, I it was kind of, it was a really, really hard point. My ego got in the way of it, but I, I needed to, it was like, if I go have another season, like I did last year or whatever, fishing all nine, I would be in a spot that would be a lot harder to recover from financially than if I were to say, okay, let's communicate this with all the partners I'm working with, mm-hmm. whatever. Let's, let's, let's figure out how to play the long game here because the short-term gratification and the stress it's going to put on me affecting my on the water, I think performance overall too, just as, as bad as you want to ignore it. It's always in the back of your head. And as much as you can try to live in the moment and whatever it like for me personally, at least no, 100%. I was, it was the right decision for me to be like, okay, let's take a year off. Let's fish some stuff locally. Let's get my life together. Like, like I've been just like, not that my life was in shambles, but like my, my like normal life. (laughs) No, like no rhyme or reason for it ever. So I'm like, you know, let's like use this time too. like, I've been getting caught up. I've been able to just kind of shape, chad smith again yeah a little bit no um, it's been good so far i'm looking forward to seeing you know what the next six months in taylor or whatever you want to say it and um hopefully hoping to just get back next year i don't know i'm open i'm just being an open book right now it's my journey and it, like i think something i've wanted to share kind of like what we talked about before i think we really hopped on was yeah was being real you know 100 percent like I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I want to. I want to show like this is my story. I want to be honest. I want to be transparent and be like I can't afford to fish the opens this year. So I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And it that's just part of my journey. But when I get back, it's gonna be that much more sweet in my eyes. I don't care really what anyone else thinks about it. I'm I'm doing it. It's for me. <laughs> God. Dude, you're giving me goosebumps right now. Like, not kidding. Like, because I, you, if you're, if you're around it enough, you hear the guys that, you know, you lose the kids, you lose the marriage, you lose the house, you lose this credit card debt. And you were saying that your short term thing, like, you could uh, say this year didn't go as well as you wanted. You fish up, like, realistically, dude, you could have messed your whole life up. Like, just stuck in a financial rut to where you cannot recover. And this is what yeah. I wanted to say is I commend you for that. Is like you said, you've had the success as, as the co-angler or whatever, and you've had that dopamine high and we all want to get back there. And, you know, maybe you said your ego got in the way because you had had some success. Like to me personally, as a man, as a fisherman, whatever, that takes more guts, cojones, whatever, than somebody that just sticks with it and who knows some of those guys that stick with it they do hit that switch they recover they tell the story you know they got how many thousands of dollars whatever and and deals but they're like yeah i was i was sleeping on the couch i i didn't have any money to get home you know you hear all those stories as well but for a guy such as yourself you know a younger guy like yourself to sit back and go okay 
I've got time. I've got the abilities. Let's just sit down. Let's take a break and let's get it. Because like you said, for uh, I liked your quote there for the long haul, because I mean, you don't want to be a flash in the pan when you get there. Like I would assume you want to, uh-huh. you know, this is something you want to pursue, have some sort of job or um, in the fishing industry as itself to where you can make the partnerships and you can make a, a living with it. So dude, from, from me to you, and, and I know you talked about it. Um, I think maybe you talked about it when we were, when I messaged you, cause you said you weren't fishing them, I think on, on Instagram last year and you said you were kind of taking a step back. And I was like, dude, this is like, this is real. It's the same thing I share with all my um, social media stuff. When I do all my YouTube stuff is like, and as you know, you have seen it last year was not a good year to be a boater for Ethan Preston. But I was like, to me, I look at it as it's a learning thing. When I went in as a co-angler, like I'm not there to win checks. Like I did cut some, yeah. but I was there yeah. to learn. And obviously 100%. I, I tell people this too. I probably jumped in the opens too soon as a, as a boater as well. But I was like, I learned by my strategy or not strategy is the way I learn. Same thing yep. in college when I play football, I got to do it wrong. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday on game day, I'll do it right. And so I take yeah. a lot of bonking yeah. on the head to get to where it is. And so, like I said, without getting it too long, I I commend you for that decision. And you know that once you get it on track, you learn from it. And and a lot of your partners or even people in the industry, they got to commend that too. Because those people, those companies, whatever, they've seen hundreds of guys just crash and burn. And then there goes their investment on a guy's name and stuff like that. And they know Chad Smith's going to be around for a while. Yeah. No, thank you, dude. Um, yeah, it, it was really eye-opening too. Cause I, I kind of went on like this spaz tear of like wanting, like when I got back, I had a week after the last open last year to sign up. Cause I, I had priority entry. I finished like 25th in the points still. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and like, I had some priority entry stuff too, whatever. And, uh, like, I remember being on the scramble mode, like, okay, I need to like figure out how to get more money. I need to like do all this. I was like hitting people up, just like calling, like, like a lot of the, the sponsors or companies I work with, partner with or um become a, like a kind of a good family friend base yeah. too for me yeah. so you know I, i'm able to call them and just like bounce ideas get advice from them or like whatever and just you know really feel it out try to and um and i i you know i weighed both options with everybody and they're you know they gave their advice they're like you're gonna do what you want to do they're like but just know we're here for you either way yeah and i was like Okay. And so when I came to that decision, I made it by myself after weighing all these different conversations, no outside voices or anything. And as bad as I wanted to listen to people or, you know, say it's, it's the dream, it's this or that. And cause I was so close to doing that too. Like, I just can't even explain to you. I've never been so stressed out my entire life. Like I, I couldn't eat. I couldn't do Like I was like, dang near crying myself to sleep every night i was so just torn yeah it was bad and like just couldn't even i couldn't even believe i was in that position to have to make that decision because in my eyes i'd always seen myself doing it just forever every year yep and yep. um but everybody when i made the decision i mean i even had a few deals go up 
because I was mm-hmm. able to focus more time on on what's truly valuable to them. Like they're like, you know, I, I had a lot of people tell me it doesn't matter what you're fishing. Like we're partnered with Chad Smith. Yeah. And that was like really, really humbling or just like really cool to hear. So, you know, I think I think it's easy for people to get caught up on, you know, thinking that whatever you're fishing is is your status or, or mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. But I think I think really ultimately like learning how to bring some kind of value to like these companies that you want to work with. And I think the key word there is want to work with. A lot of people I think get, you know, dollar sign hungry or or whatever it might be. But I've been very fortunate to surround myself with like those brands that um I've I've been buying from the start or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's been fun because I want to work hard for them. I want to earn my keep and I want to, I want to have that be, you know, part of my arsenal for the long, the long run of it all. And I think but, what you said is that those companies partnering with Chad Smith with you and not necessarily what you're, you know, what you're actually doing. And I find it interesting that you said that some of the, you know, your partnerships went up because, you know, you are going to have more time, you know, that you're being yeah. able to devote and work for for them and stuff like that so i think like dude that that's awesome like and that's what it that's what it needs to be i've always said to anybody i i don't have very many um partnerships that kind of thing right now but it's like i always envy the guys that say what you say you find a company and it's to where i don't have to get a deal and then kind of don't want to make any fuss and you hide in the corner for your your contract and then you you do what you're supposed to do and blah 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 and then all of a sudden your contract comes up and you get another one and then you kind of just hide in the corner. I said, I want to be able to to text a guy that works for this company or call him up and say, hey, man, like I've got this coming up, blah, blah, blah. And just be able to be an open dialogue with someone and not have to communicate. E- email's good. Email's fine. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I'm an old fashioned. I want to call you up. I want to talk to you. And because not everything I'm thinking can go through my fingertips and be able to type it and you're going to be able to understand it. So. Yeah. I think yep. what you're saying, and for anybody that's trying to, maybe you're getting a partnership for hunting or bow fishing, or you want to make this a career or something like that, take what Chad was saying or any of the other people that say this, is that when they say it's family, it like it's legit. Like It's just how you would call up your buddy and shoot the breeze with them. Chad's doing that with somebody at one of the companies that he's partnered with. And so I said, for me hearing that, that's exactly what I want to get to someday. And so I think... I think that it's great. And like I said, the fact that people might not think, um, and that's one of my next questions here too. I'll get to it in a minute, but it's like, um, yeah, you're stepping down and I, it's a good point where you said people think whatever you're fishing is your status. Those companies, if they're partnering with Chad Smith, okay, he's not going to be doing nine opens. He's gone for nine weeks out of the year, blah, blah, blah. He's going to have more time that he can help us and, and, and make, we're both going to grow together per se. Exactly. And, and I'm the first one to tell you the last thing I want to do is try to make any kind of video when I'm practicing for an open straight up. Mm -hmm. I mean, like when you're there, that should be your task at hand. And I understand business is business too, but also, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like mental space wise. Like if, you know, it's hard, like that's a, that's a week that, you know, you're hoping your performance talks more. And that's not always guaranteed. It's hard. For me, it's the opposite. When I film my practices, because I'm talking to myself and talking to the camera, 
I'll like I stopped doing the practice videos this year just for the simple fact that they didn't get as many views as I'd hoped. And I'd have, well, that last year was like six or days that I have a practice, you know, 10, 12 hours of film. And I got to put it on the big timeline and I'm not going to get into that video thing with you. But it's like I would spend so much time doing the video for 12 views or 13 views. I'm like, OK, I'm not doing the practice videos. But what I did this year for the first one to the little Ben is like I still talk to the camera as if I was filming. And all I did was save was a couple fish clips that I would put into the tournament video. But I would still talk yeah. through it. It's just like how I would talk to myself. But I would totally. just, I'd hop in the boat and I'd be like, okay, we're going to film. I'd act like I was filming the practice video. I'd do a day one recap with it. And half the time, I wouldn't even save it, dude. I would just yeah. talk to the camera, turn it around, and then I'd go and I'd save the fish clips for all the other social media. But for me, it's like, I've got a very, I've got to talk things out. And so I, I know what you mean where people, yeah. I've got a couple buddies, the same thing. They're like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to record my practice video or they, you know, they exactly what you were saying too. You got to focus. And it, it's, it's cool that people do that, but it's like, for me, I've, I've got to talk, talk it out. All no, the and time. I, I like what you're saying though, too. It's cause like, also I think that gives you great practice for just being like comfortable in front of a camera or however you want to look at it that way too. Like you're creating good habits. Yeah. And I've kind of been, when I had the harebrained idea to have a YouTube channel back in college when I was 20 and back in like 2014, 2015, first yeah. couple of years I did videos, I wouldn't talk to the camera. I just do the, the fish hook set, show the fish, put it back, put music on it, blah, blah, blah. And then now For I've sure. gotten, I've gotten to where I talk too much on camera because I That's feel like <laughs> I get to where like, I want you, if I have this video, I want you, Chad Smith, to understand exactly what I'm saying because I want you to take, and I've gotten into more of the like tip, not necessarily tip videos. Yeah. I'll go out and catch fish, and then I'll like tell you why, you know, how we are as fishermen. We got a long line of things that we notice, and we put it into a video. And now I tell you everything that you need to know that I think you need to know so you can go do it on your own lake. And people are like, oh, you yep. talk to the camera too much. Well, what do you want from me here? I'm trying to teach you yeah. something, you know? Yeah. Um, I know. So <laughs> That's funny. I feel so, that. Uh, so what's what's a misconception? A guy that you that's fished the opens that's had success. You've got a you've got a boat wrap for goodness sake. You know what I mean? You've got some bigger name partners. What's the misconceptions that when Joe Schmo comes up to you and says, "Oh, it must be nice," you know, you got a wrap boat. Must be nice to go fishing for nine, ten weeks out of the year, or even a family member. Because most of my family don't even understand. You know that kind of thing. What's some common misconceptions that you would like to just air out there and kind of just tell people like this isn't exactly what you think it is? Don't believe everything you see on social media. It's a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing is, like I, so I guess like the the boat part, you know, or whatever. Having a cool rig is like sweet and all, man. Like I believe me, if you don't look back at it when you're walking away. It ain't that important. To yeah, you. I do. Every <laughs> time. I don't care if it's my truck when I park to walk into work. I don't care if it's my boat. That one gets a couple looks. But like, oh yeah, no wink, else, right? So, the point is, is I mean, I'm paying for all my stuff. I'm mm -hmm. I'm working two jobs. I work sixty to seventy, maybe even eighty hours a week at a time right now. Um, that may not have been the same in the in the past when I was doing as many tournaments, just because naturally it's hard. But that's part of the reason I have so much credit card debt right now, and I need to take a hard reset. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not all glamour and glow. It's not, uh, it's actually far from it. Um, but our job partially is to 
make it somewhat seem that like, I don't even know if it's our job. I, I, that's not the right way to say it, but it's very easy to make things look all, all, you know, roses and flower or flowers and candy all on social media and stuff yeah. like that. But the truth be told, I mean, I've, there's all winter long. I haven't really had much to post. I, 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 you know, I've got a bunch of photos and stuff like that from the years past that I could always be posting like, Oh, I can't wait. Eight more, 84 more days till we can go, <laughs> whatever it might be, you know, but I mean, that's just like, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm doing a lot of back end work. I'm, I'm, I'm building a foundation that I can financially hopefully move forward on that I haven't had in the opens in the past. And that comes with working multiple jobs and also saving money and paying this credit card debt down I have. And, um, I mean the boat and truck and all that, it might look great, but this isn't something I'm doing full time. I, I, I almost don't even like, like people, you know, you'll have like friends and family or whatever. be like, Oh yeah, Chad's a pro fisherman and whatever. And I mean, you can, you can call it that. And yeah, I may be fishing at a pro level and stuff at, or, you know, in the opens or whatever, but I don't consider myself a, necessarily a pro fisherman until I'm able to do it full time. And I mean, there's other avenues of, you know, dictating it that way. You can be a full-time guide, you can do a bunch of stuff, but being in Minnesota, I've, I, I can't guide year round. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, do that. We've got a fishing season. We can't even fish for bass for two more weeks in Minnesota yeah. legally. And mm-hmm. it it's not everything it seems, but, um, I'll tell you one thing. There's a reason that I'm sacrificing so much time working or, or missing family events or friends, weddings, or, um, big life events normally to do this. And it's, it's, it's just, I, it's hard to describe, but there's a reason for that. So, um, it's a lifestyle, not a moneymaker. Uh, it can be a moneymaker, but it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of hard work and it's not going to be something that you're going to see an instant gratification for. It's going to be something that you have to build for decades and decades, not just years, not a year, decades. And to really, really be somewhere. I mean, there's, there's a handful of people, don't get me wrong, that have that early success and it's great. And, but you can't compare yourself to anybody. You got to dance to your own beat and have some fun with it. Cause it's a, it's a grind, <laughs> but there's something about it. I like, I'd rather be busy grinding than bored and wealthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. the biggest point that you said is like, Oh, this is my grandson. This is my nephew. This is my, whatever. He's a professional fisherman. And I always, I always stop people because I say the day that I become a professional fisherman, that that's when I'm going to feel like I earn it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I'm going to, I'm waiting for when I make it to where somebody can say that and I don't have to stop them or I don't go, you know, cringe a little bit. I always tell yeah. people, I say, well, not consider myself a professional fisherman until I can make a living that yep. I can support myself, my wife and my children. Yeah. That's one. Yep. We only got one right now, but I said, yep. even if that is me fishing and I make, $40,000 a year. If I yep. make $30,000 a year, if my majority of my income that I support my family with is yep. through fishing and the partnerships that I make through fishing, 
that's when yeah. I'll consult, consider myself a professional angler. Until then, yeah. I, you know, we're just dudes trying to make it, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so that's yeah. what my explaining to people is like, uh, and I liked your your portion. You could be a professional TV guy and be a professional fisherman, be a professional fisherman and be a guide, you know, but where we're at, it's not as possible. But that's what I tell people. And, and um, I guess I've never really said it publicly on any of my stuff, but it's like, that's when I, Ethan Preston, will consider myself a professional fisherman if my family is fed and supported through fishing. Until yep. then, it is just a dream that I'm chasing, one that I believe 100% that I will make. Who knows, yep. like you said, it could be 20, 30 years down the road. And if, if we make the right moves in our lives to where we can support that with, you know, most of its finances and stuff. Um, yep. But that's that's one of my ones uh, when you said that, I kind of go, you know, and everybody's yeah. your family and everybody that knows you. They're so happy for you and they're so supportive. For sure. That's the only way that they can explain it. And I was just like, yeah, someday, someday. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll smile and nod or whatever. Yep. But it's just through the lack of trying to explain everything. <laughs> over you know, and over and over. This whole time. <laughs> it's a podcast in itself, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so what what's, is you got any other misconceptions that people, people think? I mean, that's probably the biggest one. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. For mine me, is, mine is, is that one or like now, um, I tell people, or I've told people this again. I don't know if I said it publicly, but we're we're airing everything out here today. Yeah, I like it. My truck is wrapped. Okay, I have a wrapped vehicle. Yeah, I, but not necessarily a flashy person, to where I would really want. I've always wanted my truck wrapped, but not for like to show off kind of thing. I wanted to show support for the companies that are partnering with me, and that's why I always yeah. when I partner with people, it's like I I need to do something for you. Some be, some family be like, well, I'll give you some money or something. And to me, yeah. one that's not sustainable for 10 years, you're not going to ask Uncle yeah. Bob to sustain you for how much for 10 years. It helps now, it does, and it's instant gratification, but it doesn't it doesn't help long term per se. Yeah. And I'm not going to take money from somebody and I can't help you back is, is the way yeah. I, I, I feel about it. So yes. the only option I had from 20 2021 to jump into 2022 is fish on the boater side. The only thing I can off offer from a small town, North Dakota guy or bass fishing. If you've ever been over here, it's like the devil people don't like, there's a section <laughs> between North Dakota. It's like Northern South Dakota, North Dakota and Western Minnesota, that little bubble there bass are the devil. Yeah. Nobody cares. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I try and tell people, once you get out of that scope, bass is King. But we yeah. live in such that, of course, where you're at in central Minnesota oh, and around really? Minnetonka stuff, and the farther east you go, like There's... bass are big and popular. Well, then yeah. fishing just almost doesn't become a thing and it's wakeboarding. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. But that little bubble that I live in, I said, the only thing I can offer is advertising right now and bust my butt behind the scenes yeah. for these companies. So I said, I would have yeah. never got my truck wrapped. And I said, the truck wrap doesn't yeah. even pay for half the opens. I said, the only yeah. reason I made Upper Chesapeake last year, and I told myself I was going to fish all three of them. I didn't care what happened. Yeah, I had to. I sold yeah. my old boat, my 97 Skeeter. I sold that two weeks before the Upper Chesapeake, and that's how I went. Like, yeah. that's, that's how it is. And this year, as yeah. of right now, with the wrap, I still don't have enough to finish the year. So I'm doing behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff um, and, yeah. and taking a lot of my own personal money 
once my yeah. family is taken care of and putting it towards the open. My goal is to fish all three. I know I'll fish two yeah. for sure. And we've got yeah. that break till September to Lake of the Ozarks. But I said, that's, that's the reality is, is a lot of people um, that don't know me personally that you fish against or anything else. Oh, he's got a wrap truck. He thinks he's hot. You know what? And it's like, no, that's the complete opposite. I'm literally a person. That's the only reason I have that is so I can do this kind of thing. Sure. Otherwise I got to go back to a co-angler. And, and I guess for, for you sure. talking about the hard reset, that's something that I've thought about is taking a yeah. step back and just either doing a few local things or, or, or going back to a co-angler. My biggest thing is I, I need to be learning all the time to where if I was to step back, yes, it would hurt my ego and, and, you know, and stuff like that but i wouldn't i would definitely go and i'd fish more opens as a co-angler maybe i'd fish all nine or something i guess i'd be yeah. gone i'd be gone less time but i need to be learning everything co-angler i did was to learn to learn to learn well, and i need no, to I be able to be doing yes part. wherever the highest tournament that i can fish that i can afford to do this year and last year was three opens where before it was only three um three opens or it was four one year, then three and three for a co-angler. I'm going to fish the highest level I can do. And to guys that you were, it's interesting that we talked about again, another parallel for both of us is you didn't do many of the local stuff. I did. I start when I said I got out of college, 2016, I fished my first bass tournament. I fished some local yeah. club stuff here in North Dakota and Minnesota. Didn't yep. do real great. Whatever. I did that from 2016, 2017, uh, 2018, three years, had a lot of fun, yeah. met a lot of good dudes. Um, to me, yep from being competitive there was no next level there was your toc at the end of the year but that's you know it wasn't it wasn't enough you know what i mean like the opens you got there's an end goal there's a qualification to 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 make the elites as a co-angler there's angler of the year um i need i needed something to work towards and so i took 2019 okay. off and then just worked on my 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 business running that yeah. and and then found in love with the open so to what people's long-winded once again typical me but it's like that's one thing I, I think people it's just i gotta explain it that's one thing i tell everybody oh, i see in person and you, they ask about the truck wrap i said i'm super excited about it it's got my logo on there that my wife made for me or my girlfriend at the time way made for me in college i said it's got companies yeah. that believe in me but i said yep. it's not because i'm flashy or anything like that it's because that's the only way i have found to make it because yeah. I don't have a lot of industry connections. There's a few people yeah. that you talk to and that you meet and then you get together, but it's not like the connections I found have, have just been very minimum and very, you know, brief because I don't come from a region. Like everybody says, Minnesota, you know, a hardcore tournament anglers. You got that. They say it's small compared to the nation. It is now come to yeah. North Dakota. It's even, yeah. no, it's, that's... it's not even half. And so, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, we're going to get there. My road's going to be longer and I'm already preparing for that. But it's like, this is the only reason I have the truck wrapped. It's kind of the same thing. You have your boat wrapped. We're just on the opposite ends yeah. of things there. It's like, this is the only way at the moment, maybe not for you, but for me, it's the only way at the moment that I can, besides do some stuff behind the scenes that I can and get out and promote the companies that have supported me. So it's not, I always tell people, it's not a flashy thing. I go to local events and I get my butt kicked by the guys here as well. But I said, I, I always look into things and have been very, very positive or try to be is to where I, yeah. I got better. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that's what, that's another thing when it's like 
oh my so and so is a pro fisherman or the guys you know crapping on you because you you look flashy and so totally. those are my those are my two things i guess misconceptions uh -huh. per se uh, yeah i no, and i agree that's a good one too because i it it's easy to look outside looking in see yeah. somebody with a vehicle or whatever rig and mm -hmm. just think like oh it must be a big shot yeah know, or whatever yeah no uh it's kind of part of the part of the deal there but <laughs> it's uh you know and but i've just come to learn like it's screw it i like i don't really care that no. much about, like what other people think and you can't you know no, you I mean, can't. it has no effect on your life regardless so it's like if people want to sit there and judge me for anything like that i can care less <laughs> But the, the the thing that I like is I, I get the feeling, correct me if I'm wrong, you'd be the same way, is I've got some guys that I know, word you hear behind the bushes. When somebody comes and talks to me, I'm very open about it. The only reason I have this is yeah. to do the, the, and they're like, oh, I didn't realize that. I was like, yeah, if you just come and yeah. talk to me, like I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. 100%. And it's like, we're, we're just dudes. Like I know, yeah. and like you said, from the social media aspect, and the things that people, you, what you can produce online can put a cloak over things. But yep. on the other hand, if somebody comes and talks to me about it, I mean, we might not get into the dirty details of numbers and yeah. stuff right away, but yeah. I can give you a ballpark and say, hey, like, this is what I'm paying to do a division of the opens. And then, like I said, I'm making less than half of that for the wrap. I'm yeah. very open about those things. So, like, we have sure. to in the same thing you talked about for companies that you partner with, you have to find another niche way to grind for them on the back end. And a lot of these positions, I tell people I had a, um, I was quote Johnny candle on this as a professional. You had some guys in the bass world, Johnny Candle's a professional walleye, um, professional walleye anger and guide a devil's Lake. He, when I first got started really has taken me under his wing. And I, I really dive into the business side of things when it comes to fishing he always said, okay. um, where was I going with that? I just blanked big time, but he always gave me a bunch of, bunch of information and, and said that you, you have to show your value somehow to these companies and it's different for every single person and where you're yes. at in those niches. And he said, when he started, yes. it was saying yes to a reporter in a news clip. That's how long he's been doing it. Okay. For us, it's creating yep. social social media content, but also being very open to your yep. people. That well, I mean, it can go it can go as simple as you know, like something that I think was a huge leadway for me in a lot of the relationships that I had was no matter what they asked me to do, or if I even got a sniff in the wind of something that was an opportunity just to be around those people more, I'd always say yes. Yeah, yes, always. yes, be a yes man. It goes so far because it shows your willingness. It shows your effort. It it just it it's something I think that goes a long ways in the eyes of a brand and like you know whether it be like being a camera boat for a photo shoot. You're not even mm -hmm. in the photos, whatever. Yeah. You know? And so what if you have to do it for free and take a weekend away from that? The long return, the ROI in that is is that's the roi yes that will be some that will be the starting point 
of it for somebody or you know and doing that for a year for nothing working for free working like how you went to Bassmaster at the lacrosse elite Mm -hmm. and you went and took weeds off the boat just hanging out trying to be there you know like that kind of stuff dude it goes a long ways so for somebody that's maybe trying to get into this and this is this will be crossover if anybody's trying to do the walleye fishing thing or any anything where you're dealing with something competitive and dealing with companies what's some advice that you can give on the business end of things again you don't have to go into like super specific numbers or anything but what's something what's something that you some advice you could give because everybody wants to talk about how to fish a jig everybody wants to talk about how they work their wacky rig um but another quote from johnny candle is is that uh free rods and reels don't pay entry fees so like we have to one perform on the water but we also have to be yes men and perform um on the back end of things for the business side of things and i always found the business ideas or the business ways of how people have come up in this to make a a name for themselves in this industry to be way more fascinating than how a guy fishes a jig per se so um how how what's some advice or what's some tips that you could give again with not having to tip your hand in anything but help some people understand and pull the curtain back a little bit on what it's like on the business aspect of, of trying to be a professional fisherman. Um, well, I think if you can be, if you can perform and you can be a salesman, I mean, that's the dynamic duo of it all. Yeah. That's the, that's the cream right there. But not everyone can have that. And if you stay in it long enough and you keep persevering, you can, get on a stretch that you can have both those mm-hmm. but the business side of it's going to far outweigh the performance side in the consistency aspect it's what you can control so for me at least like i try to find unique ways of like promoting brands whether it be on social media or to be honest i think the strongest um like way to promote a brand is word to like word of mouth advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think the true selling of a product as, as broad as that can be um, yeah. is when you're standing around a circle or sitting at a bonfire and you guys are all talking shop and everyone's given their insight about something and you can genuinely talk to somebody like they're your best friend of why this is as good as it is or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. and, and hash it out in a good, like conversation wise. But something I try to stay stray away from, unless it's like a deliverable that I've like agreed to contractual wise yeah, is um, being too like for Sally on, on like, you know, like, you're pushing their product. product. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to ever come off that way, I guess in my socials, like there's time, there's a time and place to have that kind of like a presentation to, you know, educationally um, broadcasting a product. Yeah. But I don't ever want to have that pushy sell vibe, like car salesman kind of stuff. That hard sell, that hard sell. You know, like I've never wanted to do it like that. Like I'll just, if I catch them on a bait that I've been working with for a while, I'll tell people about it and stuff like that. But, you know, and I'll sit down and promote a new bait 
on a video and a quick little short Instagram reel that's less than a minute, just highlighting something quick, like announcing it just got launched, whatever, that kind of stuff. That's all that's all natural. That's all normal, right? Yeah. But um I like I like to try to find little little different twists because I think that side of it can get so congested with all of it. And um it and I don't really know. I just you know I'm I'm learning it too. That's mm-hmm. that's just like I, I'm I, I don't really have a huge answer for that and not necessarily that my way is the highway either. It's just kind of like I'm learning hard with it, but that's just kind of my style and my take on how I'm going about it. And and I think that hurts me sometimes. Um just being honest on on certain deliverables that I need to, you know, get companies at times because that's sometimes the stuff that people need too. So um, I can lack that and that can also be a conversation starter on, on, in a way that I need to make right too. Who knows? I like what you're saying. So I, I think of this, uh, it's what they call it. When I first started, uh, partnering with some people, some, some people were for the hard sell. Some people are for the soft sell. Exactly. what you say the car salesman in your face. This is the best. This is what you need. Blah, blah, blah. Soft sale. is just, you know, a guy's fishing or whatever. Um, I'm more of a soft sell guy. Go ahead. Sorry. It's kind of like what you said. Each relationship's almost tailor-made. Yeah, exactly. And so some of the ones that were hard sale stuff, I, you know, we kind of just faded a little bit because not all the time. And, and if you're using, if you're, if you're using, who knows, whatever company it is, and maybe you're not exclusive with them, but they want you to be hard sell, hard sell, but you use a different bait because contractually you're fine. You can use multiple different, whatever, you want to be honest with your with the people that decide to follow you and are invested in what you got going on, but you know it's it's just whatever. So the best thing I strategy I get, we're all on our phones, okay. You're flipping through Snapchat or TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, okay, and um, especially Snapchat, you're flipping through everybody's stories, blah blah blah, or watching whatever, and this free game or app pops up, okay. You swipe past it, that app pops yeah. up the second time. Pops up the third time, pops up the fourth time. You know what? I'm going to try that app. I download the app. They won. And I come to find out, pisses me off, the little clip that they showed you is not even a part of the game that you play. Okay? So I download this game, having the expectations of this 15-second clip, and then I'm just like, okay, this is dumb. But they got it by just slipping in there nonchalantly four or five seconds over and over and over again. Now, I'm not saying when you do that, that you're not going to like a product that somebody's do it telling you about my instances that I'm saying is that every single time the soft sell gets me now, it's a long run or it's a long game, long run game. I don't know how you say it. it's in the long run yeah. that I had to look at yeah. that five or six times before I downloaded it. So when I yeah. do my post, if I'm talking about a bait or if I'm talking about a rod yeah. or a reel or a line, anything yeah. or any video I do, I said, this is what works for me. It's always me, yep. me, 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 because Chad Smith yep. can't argue with me that this is my favorite rod to use. Yes. You can't because this, this oh. is my favorite. You know what I mean? And this is this is me. Exactly. And so, and then if all of a sudden that rod shows up in your post with your fish or they see it, anybody that follows you pays attention to those things. Chad's got this rod on his deck. He's got this reel on his deck. He's got this bait and it keeps showing up and you're not, saying hey this xyz is the best but they're going hmm there's a reason why chad keeps fishing with this there's a reason chad keeps catching with this he's not directly telling us let me buy a pack 
Let me buy a rug. Yep. Let me buy a reel. Let me try this. And all of a sudden, then that consumer has their choice. You know, this yes. may work for Chad. This may work for Ethan. It doesn't work for me. And all of a sudden you go, dude, this is the best bait ever. Or this yep. is the best rod ever. Whatever that kind of thing. So it's it's the uh, war of attrition, I think, is the right quote. So where you're, you yeah. kind of just keep progressively doing your job, not in your face, and then you are making the consumer choose for themselves. And for me, when I get caught and choose it for myself, I am way more confident in it. And it's not, and you could have seen four or five guys do it together or, or post about it, but anytime. And I think maybe it's just our generation, you know, the older generations on TV where all the fish, fish infomercials, you know, this is the best, this is the best, boom, pow, everything's flashing all over the place for us. It's like, let us make our own educated decision on it. And then I think you're you're better. And for me, it's a way easier deliverable for for on the social side. Hundred percent. And it's like okay, there's so many brands nowadays. There's so many whatever. Oh, yeah, they all have something that's great about them. They really genuinely do. Technology is way too far advanced for there really actually not to be. Everyone's got to have an opinion then at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to the point you just brought up, I think just goes back to like earlier we were talking about just like i think the alignment of it's like brand loyalty at that point too can speak a long ways and it's something that you don't even see until years down the way yeah like like daiwa just because we were talking about rods like for me daiwa was like i had always liked that like the first spinning reel i ever bought on with my own dime at gander mountain i think i even got like a vip code for it It was like a Daiwa acceler spinning reel (laughs) like honestly and it's like i'd always been like buying Daiwa stuff for like the longest time and a lot of people i was around were working with Daiwa at the time and i was able to meet the meet the right guy excuse me gosh and uh it you know just things like that transpire and you end up with this company that you're you're a fan of yourself that yes. then whatever else might try to get in the way of that down the line or however you want to say that won't ever because you personally don't want to make a switch at all yeah so they, like they, they couldn't pull you away since over, over six seven eight plus years or whatever is to your point that consistency that people see that you're using all the time whether it be just a rod laying on the deck after you're holding up a bass for a photo whatever it is they put they pay people pay attention to that stuff and it's they do oh oh, where's the bait on the end that's connected to that rod that's (laughs) laying down he clearly caught it on that rod you know like like no people the bait's not in the photo. I want to post <laughs> that one. You know, like just you know what I mean. Like it's just funny. It's a, exactly, um, and people notice when when a guy, and some people aren't as brand brand loyal. Maybe they got themselves. You talked about they got themselves in a deal with something they maybe not like, and a new opportunity arises, and they're not happy, so they switch. You see guys hopping. I mean, rods, reels, line hooks, graphs, boats, whatever, uh, camo whatever it is, you see guy, a bunch of guys hopping around a lot. And so um, that's one of the comments that some of the guys make is that it's hard to, to make your followers really believe in what you're saying 
when um, you or yourself are hopping around. And sometimes it's not even, I want to say this too, it's not even the angler's fault. There's differences between the angler and the company. It's just the angler's got to move on and make up that income that's going to be lost. But there are some that chase the dollar instead of maybe the product that they truly believe in. 100%. And, and there is, I don't know if I want to say a game to be played there, but like mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's also very real. Because, yeah. I mean, there's a flip side also to all that of why people switch or might be doing certain things. Better opportunities come up, but also better relationships, better better voices of, like, the angler themselves to be able to have, you know, a say on what they truly want to shape a brand into. Like, there's so many different avenues. And, like, I think there's there's a lot of stipulation behind switching brands all the time or yeah. whatnot. But it's you know, you gotta, you gotta put yourself in other people's shoes sometimes, like to understand that, like not everyone knows the full story. So and I, w- I will say this from knowing a few other people, what happens a lot too, is you get with XYZ company and that's your, your pro staff manager and you get a relationship with them with your so many years. And that pro staff manager leaves for a different company. The person that, that comes happens all the time, all the time. And that person, the next person that comes in, maybe doesn't value you as much or yep. you like working with so-and-so. So you go to from XYZ company, you go to company a, because you really enjoy the per you really enjoy that person as your boss. And as the years go on, yep. I find out more and more like the fishing community is very, very small. And a lot of guys will yep. just follow the people that they truly connect with. And, and yep. that makes it like that. And nobody talks about it because it's kind of a hush yep. hush thing. Um, but it, yep. I think it's something that uh, as the common consumer needs to realize that you're not getting the full story. And most of the time you don't need the full story because it's, it's private, it's relationships, it's contracts, it's stuff like that. But just, just understand that your favorite pro out there because he's switching um, one if they even if they don't say it, it might not be a money thing. They might be generally good people. There's just disagreements, and that happens all the time when somebody switches jobs. I mean, how many times has your aunts, uncle, mom, and dad, grandma, grandpa switched a job in their lifetime? Except they aren't followed by hundreds of thousands of people and aren't on TV fishing bass tournament. Yes, hundred percent. No, you nailed that. So you nailed that. Just think about that. That kind of yep. thing. But yep. Dude, I appreciate you coming on. We talked a lot about it, and I think myself included and everybody listening got to know Chad Smith better. Your story is freaking awesome. Um, tell us what you're going to be doing this year for 2023. Um, I know you said you're fishing some local stuff. Um, tell us what you're going to be doing, what you're going to be fishing, and let us know on all your social medias where we can find you because I know we're going to have some more Chad Smith fans after this episode. Oh, thanks, dude. I appreciate you having me on first off, but yeah, uh, doing sticking around Minnesota. There's a few plans and stuff got shifted because the uh, Mississippi River is like setting One. record highs or some <laughs> crap right now. But yeah, it's uh, nonetheless had a few tournaments initially, like these ne- first few weeks of May. But now uh, it narrowed down to just fishing the Bass Nation Minnesota Team Trail. Okay, uh, fishing with a good buddy Connor Graham. I think you know Connor. Yeah. I, yep. 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 So uh, he uh, he and I are fishing the team trail together, and then I'm doing the Champions Tour, the Classic Bass Champions Tour. That's kind of like an every fish counts type deal, but I did that back when COVID hit, and I had a blast doing it. Mm-hmm. 
and uh just gonna focus on that that's it uh i even got to miss one of the team trail deals got a wedding that i got a best man in for one of my my best friend and uh okay so that'll be fun but get got to miss a tournament so really it's a lot lighter year but we're gonna be sticking around minnesota and working a lot we're also gonna be working on building a better foundation for content creation um awesome that will hopefully transcribe into the future when we get back to the opens and stuff like that just trying to build healthy habits all that kind of stuff so if you want to follow along it's all all the social media tags are chad smith fishing uh everything instagram facebook youtube ch- www.chadsmithfishing.com hopefully going to ramp up a few things on there uh, throughout the season but really we're just going to try to tell the story be real and take you guys along for the ride and Hopefully show you a few pictures of bass here and there and show you how we caught them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Thanks again, Chad, for hopping on. Thank you guys for listening to the Pop, a.k.a. the Preston Outdoors podcast. We'll catch you later. Thanks, Ethan. This was a blast. I'm glad we got to make it happen.